Hello, I'm Sam, and this is Fall Risk. Welcome back to another episode of Fall Risk. We have another episode with the very lovely Jen Halverson, part two, coming at you. So excited. How you doing, Jen? How's life going? Woohoo! Good to be back. <laughs> Where are you at these days? You're not in the Twin Cities anymore. What's going on? Everything's been good down in sunny Miami, Florida for the winter. So started snowboarding, snowboarding last year and I love it. So trying to make that happen every winter now. That's great. Man, fingers crossed. Wouldn't that be nice if you could just, it's kind, it's not really dual citizenship, is it? But it's kind of dual citizenship. It's kind of the same concept. It's like, you can live here. It's the same concept. Good, yeah. It's the same concept. You can live here and you can live there, right? It's pretty cool. I like that. All right. You're very yeah. lucky. <laughs> very, very lucky. You can, man, hey. oh, if I could do that. I feel blessed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about what we came here to talk about. Let's chat about the big elephant in the room. You are an official world record holder now, huh? I'm an unofficial world record holder. So I was on the 97 way. All right. Okay. You're official in my heart, so. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely feels like, it feels like I have a world record, but not, um, but with the progress and just everything that that I went through in the whole experience, um, everyone left feeling, feeling really accomplished. So it was really cool. Um, The 97 way was a little bit hard to swallow because you got down and everyone's like, congrats, congrats, congrats. And on the main video, it looks like we got it in a frame. But then if you look at some of the other angles, it was just missed by a tenth of a second. So one girl was just, she was on and then off. And another girl on the other side got on. And then the that girl got back on and that girl had, the other one had broken off. So it was like, ah, but it won't be the last one, you know? And, and it was like I said, a really, really amazing experience to be a part of. And um, my goal actually was just to get on Project 19 when this whole thing started. So I accomplished that and getting an unofficial world record that I was a part of with 96 other women was really, really amazing. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm going to count it as an official world record. It's never (laughs) been attempted before, even if it's not like officially in whatever book it needs to be in. It's still pretty fucking awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna count it thank you well and it's kind of cool because like they they broke it 72 way and then an 80 way and then all day on on saturday we um because that was friday all day saturday we were building in the 90s so we were Mm -hmm. going for 100 ways most of the day at the end they they took it down to 97 and then the very last one down to 89 but like we were building into the 90s every single jump so unofficially breaking the 80 way, right? Like the whole day and then did declare the 97 way. And it was just a 10th of a second. <laughs> so, Motherfucker. Wait, so were you, were you on the 80 way or were you on the, only the 97? Only the 97. Okay. So my story is basically, I didn't have an official invite going out there. I had an official bench invite. Um, I kind of got unlucky, which was a little hard to swallow, but I'm like, I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to go out there. Um, Wait, what do you, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, so I basically got weathered out the weekend. I went to try out at Sky of Chicago. Um, There was only one other tryouts and I had to work that weekend um, with my line of work with broadcasting and everything that we spoke about on the last podcast. I can't, there's not really anyone that can fill in for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I um, wasn't able to go to those tryouts and um, there was also like another opportunity to like send in video from an event a few weeks after and that got weathered out completely. So that was kind of a bummer. I just didn't, I worked super hard and didn't feel like I got an actual opportunity to try out and get an invite. But um, thankfully, Steph Strange from SDC Core, she had flown with me quite a bit in the last year and she was like, hey, like, Cause you didn't actually try out. I can't, we can't like give you official invite, but like, I think you'd be a big contributor if you want to come on the bench. Like I'll let Amy and Sarah know. Cause Amy and Sarah didn't really know me 
mm-hmm. before all that. So that was super cool of her. That's what got me out there. And then flew my butt off trying to get on it. And Wednesday night. So I, I got subbed in Monday just for like practice warm-up days because some people weren't there. So I got subbed in right away. What they did on Monday was the first official day, the core 40 jumped together and just was like building every single time. And then the outer 60 worked with their pods and their cross partner pods. And we did three jumps, um, working with that, just single plane shots. And then we did like 45 minutes of tunnel time at Sky of Arizona, just like building pods. So everyone's just like, ah, I'm okay. dying. <laughs> <laughs> All static pod building. You're just like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, so that was Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, jumped at the bench, got subbed in Wednesday night for the hundred ways, which was awesome. Um, and then we did one jump on Thursday and got weathered out. So I, I did a hundred way on Thursday morning. And then the one weather day, we even got up to like 13 and it started gusting so bad on the second attempt that they had us all land. And then, um, after that is when they decided to, to cut it back down to go for a 72 way on Friday morning and like start bringing back in people like eight at a time. So Friday morning, they went up, got 72, the first jump. Then they went up on 80, got 80, the first jump. And then they put in some other people didn't get, I think they're going for 89 that day. Didn't get it. And then I was put back in on Friday night and I jumped, um, with them the whole day um, Saturday, Saturday was pretty intense. Cause it was like, if you don't do your job one time, like we're moving someone else in, you know, like really trying to get the 100 way. And, and then the last few, you know, they cut it to like 97 to try and get another record and whatever. So it was, I think it was tough. Cause like, I think if we would have had, you know, it's crazy that we even had that much perfect weather. Like we only got weathered out one day really, but if we would have had one more day, I think we totally would have got it. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, on Saturday, every single attempt was in the nineties. So it's just so close, but you know, it won't be the last attempts. So there'll be more in the future. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. get, we'll get into the triple digits. <laughs> oh gosh. Someday soon. I hope, is it going to be set up by the same kind of group or is it going to be a different thing? Do you know? I don't know. I know that at the end of the event, they decided to, well, head up is kind of the next thing. Okay. So they are going to start doing a similar structure. It sounds like on training and Amy and Sarah announced that the next goal is the women's world women's head up world record in 2024. So for anyone listening that wants to get involved in big ways and whatever, and head up is more your jam. Um, I would, I would also going to like only one head up camp recently. I will say though, getting, you know, you want to have your head down dialed as well, because that's most of the job. And you, you already know the Sam, but to anyone listening, mm-hmm. um, it's the same exit. It's the same approach as you would do on a head down big way formation. Um, but it's harder because then at some point you have to transition head up and you have a speed change and then you have to approach into the formation. So it can, it's actually a lot harder, even though you learn head up first, um, it is a lot harder to build head up big weight formations, which is why all of them out there are so much smaller in size. Mm-hmm. And, um, typically you'll see on, on rec, uh, prereqs for camps that you need head down big way or head down experience so that you can be safe. Cause you also break off head down. So anyway, uh, but for, I mean, it's a couple years out, so there's plenty of opportunity to get get good enough either on your head or, you know, even for you, Sam, go to some head up. <laughs> I'm raising my hand over talking. here. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking and I'm like, hey, that's me, me, like, yes, pick yes, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, if all the timing and everything works out, like I'm absolutely down to try it. Um, 
it would probably mean that I would really need to like save some money, you know, and set some stuff aside this year, like this coming year in 2023, um, to really throw at it for 2024. Hmm. Maybe I'll convince Megan to go too. She's looking to, I'm just, I just actually, <laughs> this is going to be a time jump from like now to, <laughs> to when this gets released, but I just finished, um, editing Megan's episode and in it, we're talking about big way, you know, head down stuff, big way stuff. So maybe I'll oh, try and convince Mega to throw down for it. Yes. Yes. That'd be so fun. And like women's events are, I mean, most of them are kind of like, they'll probably be mixed with guys and women as the training, but going to two women's events in the same month with doing the Cali women's state record. I think we, we talked right after I was at that and then project 19. I love jumping with the guys, you know, my boyfriend, Dave, he, we jump together all the time. Um, but it is just a totally different vibe at women's only events and on only women's skydives that's a really cool cool vibe yeah so let's 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 actually talk about that a little bit so immediately after the record like after that whole week I saw a bunch of like of our mutual friends who were on the record and who participated in the whole event um they were dropping all their Facebook posts and their Instagram stuff and I was seeing a lot of um the jumpers involved uh, talk about how important teamwork was and how important like that sense of camaraderie was like making this project possible. So can you talk a little bit about that and like what your experience was with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, it's funny seeing all the posts. I posted mine after a week and the whole week I was just like, oh, everyone's posting. I gotta, I gotta write something. I gotta write my novel. <laughs> <laughs> And because it was something that like, I think everyone was so moved by and inspired by how it went that, you know, you know, it exceeded everyone's expectations. It wasn't that it wasn't that we didn't get the hundred way. It was so much more than that. And that was stressed the whole week mm-hmm. um, that we're not here just for a world record. Yeah, we are, but we're here because we're, we're highlighting how far women have come in the last hundred years and, and gaining the right to vote and mm-hmm. what those women did a hundred years ago with silent protesting and, and, you know, getting people on their side and signing petitions and all this stuff in order to gain that right that we now kind of take for granted. Right. And so it was like, that was what the whole purpose was, was to shed light on how far women have come. And so we had a super long briefing on Sunday before the event started and Amy Shimalecki and mainly Amy, but Sarah, you know, Curtis, those were the two women who were kind of putting the whole thing on. And then also Melanie Curtis were, you know, talking about coming together and, and building each other up. And it's not about everyone for themselves. We're a team and everyone from, you know, it was 120 women, right? Everyone that was official invite, but on the bench, you know, people got moved around, whatever. Like, they stressed the whole time that all 120 of us are a team. Mm-hmm. And they always made you feel that way the entire week long, no matter where you were at, no matter what slot, what, you know, anything. And even throughout the week, you know, I had a lot of my friends that I'd been jumping with on different state records and at events the whole, you know, past few years that they'd be going walking and they're like, come join us, come join mm-hmm. us. Like you're going to get on it. You're going to get on, just keep flying strong. And I'm just like, I want to get on. But then you're also like, well, you don't want to like root for someone to, you know, get cut for some reason, but you know, you don't, you can't really think that way. You just got to do your yeah. best and everyone does their best. And that's, that's all anyone can do. But having a lot of my girlfriends that were already on it continue to you know, just lift me up and, and show support throughout the whole week. And I was just as much a part of it as anyone else. And everyone felt that way. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any bad blood. There wasn't any like, oh, she screwed up, whatever. And this is also very much how women are, but everyone would take responsibility if something happened. They'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was my bad. Or like, I cut you off or I should be there faster. Or how was that exit? Did I, was that okay for you? And and it's in comparison to, to other big way events where there's more testosterone involved. (laughs) um, It's a little different. It goes a little bit different. Well, so I was going to ask that actually, you talked about how like 
one of the main things, main themes that like the organizers were talking about on a regular basis was teamwork. And it's less of a, I've always had this thing and I can, it's easy to, to, to tell which people are like this and which people are not, which people see, you know, their community as a group and which people see themselves as like individuals in the group, you know, or like, you know, you know what I mean? And it's, Mm -hmm. and it's words, they use words like we, us, you know, them together, you know what I mean? Our, yeah. that those kinds of words. And you can tell who the individuals are too, as well. You can tell, like they say, I, me, mine, you know, that kind of stuff instead right. um, when they're telling stories or when they're talking about things or talking about events or, or you know. Right. Well, and, and with that, ultimately skydiving is, it's, it's such an interesting sport, right? Because, mm-hmm. and especially on the big way scale where, you all individually have to do your job. No one can do it for you, but you also need everyone to do their job in order to be successful. So it's that you need a little bit of that like edge ego to like keep yourself in your zone to do your mm-hmm. job. But there's different ways of showcasing that, of course. And and yeah, to bring a whole unit like that together, to bring a hundred women together, you know, 120, but you know, a hundred women on the hundred ways um, we needed to be one unit Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's really interesting to see. And we, the more anyone gets into skydiving and how, however anyone wants to take it, how far they want to take it. It's such a mental game as much as it is Mm -hmm. a physical game of what your body can do. And on big ways, especially, and, or competing, I guess as well, but it's such a mental game of like, all right, most of the people, that are there can do it, but are, is their mind going to be right when yeah. they're jumping to that plane or the whole 40 minute ride to 20,000 feet, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many variables involved. And so having, having that resource of everyone lifting each other up the whole week. And, um, even, even like when I got slotted in Wednesday night, I, I took someone's slot, you know, she didn't get cut she got moved to the other side of the formation, but it's someone that I've looked up to. And I, I didn't really get to know until that week. And I found out, you know, later she's kind of like bummed, like, Hey, I, I'd been doing my job. Why did they, they, you're the second person they're trying out there and whatever. And she had been doing her job, but mm-hmm. she didn't tell me that the night before when she <laughs> saw that I was now in that slot, what mm-hmm. she did was she gave me the site picture. She gave me how she was exiting. She gave me the approach. She, she gave me everything that she had been doing so that I could be successful in that position. Yeah. There's, that's a very different, um, situation than you would probably find, you know, at the average, uh, at the average event. Well, and it's so easy to do. I mean, any, all, everyone who was there, they didn't get there because they're, they half ass something, right. Mm-hmm. They are all driven, competitive women that they like they trained hard they set a goal a big goal and they went there you know it's like so anyone you're talking to it's like okay we want to succeed it's this constant battle on the inside you know where it's like okay you want to succeed and you want them to succeed but you're also kind of like well I want to do the best I can and and also succeed Mm -hmm. and I think that's why you know in that situation um it was so positive. And that was what was constantly being reiterated from the organizers the whole week was mm-hmm. like, lift each other up. You know, we're all in this together. And it wasn't just talking about it. We were, and everyone was showcasing it. And it was just so amazing to be a part of, because like, aside from skydiving, just in life, when you think about that, mm-hmm. it was just so freaking cool. And women from 22 or 23 countries, like I met women from Brazil. The day I got subbed in on Monday, I was jumping with the French pod. I didn't know any of them. And now I consider consider them all friends, you know, and that was super cool. When are you going to get that opportunity? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's not often that you go to France or they are able to come here and jump and to sum it up, I mean, it sounds like it's a very different, uh, it was a very different overarching theme throughout the whole thing. And it sounds like the, the attitude of almost all the participants was super positive and very uplifting and very much about camaraderie and teamwork and sisterhood and, and all those things. Right. Yeah. And it's also cool because everyone left there feeling so inspired, like let's continue this. How can we bring up more women? We want to get in the digits. We need more women to get better at 
head down and, and head up for the women's, the next women's uh, world mm-hmm. record. And, you know, it, it's like, yeah, we had those women there and there were some that are OGs that weren't able to come yeah. for, you know, different reasons, but, but still like there weren't that many women that weren't there. I felt like that should have been, and mm-hmm. that just means we need more women to keep developing their skills. And how do we yeah. do that? Like there's a lot of us that got good enough to do it just in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And so you look at that with the current women in the sport and we're like, well, y'all could also get good in the next few years at whatever goal you want to set, you know? And so there's a lot of inspired women that also want to start leading and putting on more events to develop that. I think what honestly needs to happen I mean, you only have so many women at the, like the main hubs, you know, skydiving like across the country. So the big ones, the big ones that are popping up, Florida hub, Texas hub, Arizona hub, California hub, right? Like those are like the really big ones operate all year long. I would maybe even throw Chicago into that because they operate most of the year, you know, maybe not all of the year, but most of it. Um, there's only so many women at those hubs. There's only so many women there. So you can only draw from the same pool, you know? every, every few years, really, because how many women are are ready, you know, on a regular basis, like year after year after year for something like this, it needs, it needs to be one or two different things. And one of them is more achievable. And one of them is not more achievable, um, or more accessible, either women like you and I, like that are, that are from the less known or the less busy hubs of skydiving around the country or around the world. We need to, get out of our comfort zone and go places that we haven't gone before and seek out the training and seek out the coaching that, you know, we need for this kind of stuff. But I also, I just dropped uh, Dave's Dave's episode and in it, we talked about bringing coaches to us. Um, we need to bring coaches to our hubs to teach mm-hmm. us more often about this stuff. Cause that's like, that's a way easier and way to more affordable and accessible way to get the training that you want instead of spending a that Like you and I just talked about going to a, an angle leading camp for, you know, for women. Um, I'm like, I can't spend the money right now. I can't drop like a thousand dollars on, on all the things required for me to get down there. So we need to figure out a way to make it more accessible to women across the country so that they have a bigger pool of people to draw from so that they keep, they can keep building and keep like accelerating these, these programs for people. That's just my two cents. Like, well, right. And so so to my, to my point though, uh, with, with how there's a lot of women that were involved that got got good enough in the past few years that want to mm-hmm. move into those leadership roles. So there's actually a woman, Nell, who she's the main packer for core at Sky of Chicago. But um, she actually put together a group. I, I should invite you to it too, actually. But she put together a whole spreadsheet. She started it by just asking like, hey, just curious, like what, who knows of like the women's state head down record in their state. And like, Mm -hmm. if there aren't any or whatever, and she put together a whole spreadsheet and she basically sent this message and was like, I really want to start developing women on a scale where like, you know, there's that gap between learning head down and kind of doing it in smaller ways. Right. And then going to a big way camp. And there's that, that gap where you're like, am I ready? I don't know. And mm-hmm. for me, I had, I had, you know, Dave and Luke helping me out because we were coaching with Mikey in the tunnel throughout this to do two and three ways with me mm-hmm. so that I was safe enough to go to a little bit bigger event and bigger and bigger, bigger. So, but you know, a lot of, a lot of women and, and guys too, don't have that resource. And so it's kind of bridging that gap. And she, she wants to start having people in the smaller parts of the country at smaller drop zones, Mm -hmm. put on smaller events and even do like a fun state record for like, there's a girl, she's been at everything. She was on, you know, the world record for project 19 and she's in Boston and she's like, new England doesn't have anything really. That's why I've been traveling, but like, I'd love to organize it. And you take all these women that, um, some are newer to organizing, some want to get involved, but are just coming off of seeing how a top event is organized, right? Mm-hmm. You start getting women who want to get those get those skills involved in smaller ways and build it up and build it up. And it's it's cool because to your point, it is happening. It's starting yeah. to happen. Those events are going to start popping up because everyone's on a high and wants to keep it going and mm-hmm. wants to get more women involved that are in parts of the country that aren't the main hubs that are in the, the Idaho's or the, yeah, Utah's, you know? 
the Minnesota, (laughs) exactly. Like there's a crew there that, you know, combine it with Iowa and Minnesota. Like there's, I don't think Iowa has a women's head down record, you know, and they have, Mm -hmm. um, Des Moines skydiving or that one that's in Des Moines, that drop zone. I haven't been there. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, but, um, so to your point, like there's going to be opportunities and I think any, any woman or guy really, cause I mean, there's going to be events for guys. There always is, um, looking to develop those skills and wanting to get better in the head up, head down, maybe starting with five to six ways, four ways, six ways, you know, and building it up to bigger than that. There are going to be opportunities that are closer to your area because okay. yeah. So that's like a discussion happening within the last month. Awesome. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see the, uh, see the stuff as it drops and see what I can, uh, you know, like throw myself at and, you know, figure out if I can hit any of these uh, closer ones in the mm-hmm. meantime, but oh, man, can't wait. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. It all works out. Uh, oh. Okay. So to take it even further, right. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about teamwork again, it's kind of unprecedented, unprecedented a little bit, right? Like this, this type of, um, this type of event, this type of, uh, you know, situation, because, Women, I mean, you know this, we all know, like most of us know this, uh, women only make up 13% of skydivers worldwide. It's not just, yeah. it's not just nationwide, it's worldwide. Um, and in the U S there's only about 41,000 active skydivers at any given time, wow. like right about, right about now. And so for thir- 13% of that, 13% of 41 is 5,330 active jumpers that are women, right? It's like not a lot <laughs> when you look at it, not. you know, and when you look at the numbers, there's really not a lot. Um, and those women are ranging from anywhere from like 70 years old to, to 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like a wide spectrum of like ages, wide spectrum of, uh, you know, uh, skill sets, you know, discipline focuses, like it's, it's mon- like money accessibility. Like it's a very wide spectrum. So like, overall it's stretched really thin, you know, like mm-hmm. the number of people that are able to do things like this. It's a, it's a lot thinner than, than people probably think. Um, but what that also means is that a couple hundred people, a couple hundred women took on the challenge of prepping for this particular record and are going to continue taking on the challenges of prepping for new records, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so to think like, just to wrap your head around this for a second, like to think that so many went out of their way to prep, to go to the camps, to train in the tunnel, spent all that money, you know, on traveling, on on hotels and lodging and food and and then have to wait, you know, super patiently for a couple of years. Like the amount of commitment to that kind of thing is next level. So like it's insanity thinking about it like that. Um, I always get goosebumps when I think about the percentages of it and and just knowing all the sacrifices and efforts I put in to get to this point. And like, you know, it's what I prioritized the last three years. I I saw a goal when I would not have been ready in 2020. You know, I just gotten head down the fall of 2019. You know, we went to my first camp ever, not even just head down camp, my first camp ever in the fall of 2019 together at Deland. And like, so yeah, if it weren't for COVID, I wouldn't have been ready. But I think the coolest thing for me reflecting on this is it really shows women and just anyone in the sport. I've had guys talk to me about this too, at like boogies and Summerfest when they hear my jump numbers and what the jumps I'm doing are. And I think it showcases how far you can really go if you set your mind to it and you find a way to make it happen. Um, So not only that, but when you surround yourself with with a group of people who are only pushing you to be better and who are only um, trying to draw you farther into the fold of like being in the group and being on the team and all this stuff, like you're you're going to go so much farther in a in an environment like that. Like the possibilities really are endless in terms of what you guys are going to be capable of as a group. You know, totally, totally. And I want to give a shout out to my boyfriend David Delanave because. I should have given him a shout out on the last podcast and <laughs> I feel like it's more fitting on this one, to be honest, because I wouldn't have been able to get to this goal without his help in so many ways. Um, 
just even with, it is expensive to travel and to go to all these camps. And we were able to share costs on a lot of that and um, make it work. And also just doing a lot of two ways with me when I was new and helping me become a safe head down flyer and working on Daffy with me in the tunnel and in the sky because I'm a default shelf flyer. And so <laughs> that was my biggest, my biggest struggle with big ways was flying Daffy because that's what you need to do for big way flying. And so working with me all, you know, time and time again with that. And so having that support system with him, but then also right with, with everyone else along the way. And, and it is really cool to see what you can achieve because it's, it hasn't been that long since, I mean, I went into the 2019 season with 75 skydives and I Mm -hmm. had been licensed for five years, but I was on a college budget and didn't really put on a lot of jumps. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really cool to see how far you can come. And like, I had a couple guys at Summerfest last year be like, Oh, how I, I overheard you only have like 500 skydives. Like, how are you on the Ninja free fly jumps? And it was like my first Summerfest, So I felt kind of cool. Cause I was like, ah. <laughs> I worked really hard to be on these. Um, but I, I just told them, I'm like, you know, the majority of my skydives and tunnel time, but I really had to get out of the tunnel rat phase and, and take those skills and put them in the sky. It's very different. Um, as much as it's similar. And I, I, the majority of my skydives, I had an intention of what I wanted to get better on, on that skydive. And so, yeah, I may only have 500 skydives, but going into 2019, I'd argue 400 of those are intentional. I'm focusing on this skill. This is what I want to improve on, whether it be as some, something as simple as I'm head down the whole entire jump when I was just learning and I'm going to stay head down and I'm going to turn 180 from my two-way or my three-way and I'm going to break off in a straight track line so that I have a safe break off. Super intentional, but small, like it's not like a huge, massive thing. And so, you know, to compound on that and, and do that over hundreds of jumps, then you can get to some pretty big goals in the sport pretty quickly, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Not a lot yeah. of things you can do that in. <laughs> well, I mean, so you also talked about sacrificing too, like sacrificing things. So it sounds like like some of the things you just talked about, like you sacrifice, you know, like the typical, like just screw around with your friends jumps, you know, and just have fun. Like you always are, have some sort of intent behind what it is you're doing. You have a goal, you have something you're working towards, right? Um, but for like other other people involved in this um involved in this record, like I wasn't there, but I saw a lot of the photos and a lot of the um set like first accounts, like, you know, just on online and stuff. And there's, there were women there who brought their kids, like who brought their kids because they couldn't leave them at home or they didn't have babysitters or they didn't have people that could take care of them. They brought their kids and they were taking care of their kids in between jumps. And and they had, um, you know, some sort of support on the ground while they were up in the air, but, you know, like talk about sacrifice, like talk about things like stress management and like, you know, big level commitments, like this is next level, like how intense Mm -hmm. the commitment was to this, to this particular event. So it's pretty cool. It's super cool. And, and just, yeah, to see the sacrifices from women from all over the world. I, I talked to this woman from Brazil on the first day and we met and she said they had, there was a Brazilian pod. And she said, this is the first time that our country has been able to like bring you know, women to any event like this, because we, we've never had the talent before. And so to just have like that there, I, like I got goosebumps again and I got goosebumps when she told me, it. I was just like, what? It's amazing. I can't keep the smile off my face while you're talking about this. Like, that is so fucking cool. And honestly, like it would have been really cool to be, to have been one of like, what, two women from mm-hmm. Minnesota beyond this record. Like, I think you might've been the only one from Minnesota was, on the record. Like, Actually, it was kind of cool. It was Nalini. Oh, well, yeah. Yes. You're and then right. Becky, Becky Josie. I, I, I didn't immediately think of them because they both have moved away for a considerable amount of time and haven't been back for a little while. I, I guess I looked at it as someone who has pretty much only skydived and like grown <laughs> and you know, you know what I mean? As, as someone who only has been in Minnesota, but uh, no, yeah. it totally, you're, you're totally right. Like it's a very small number of people from smaller areas of the country. And it's pretty cool, especially in, in this type of situation where there's people coming from a country who otherwise has not been represented at, at events like this, you know, um, totally. it, that is, that is monumental. That's a huge deal that should not go unnoticed. 
Uh, so for just a second, this is going to get a little dark. <laughs> you ready? ready. Uh, <laughs> so leading up to this event, I'm sure you heard it. I'm sure it happened to you at some point. Leading up to this event, there was a lot of talk online. There was a lot of talk amongst people in the sport in general about what kind of a stupid project this was. You know, I heard things like, uh, why do women need their own record? <laughs> Mm -hmm. or things like why should I be excited about this um and you know other similar statements some some that are a little bit cruder you know um right. a lot of the time these were said by people I don't I don't know like I've never met before or I don't have really any association with but occasionally I heard people I do know you know say stuff like this so can we just talk for a second about why it is so important for women in skydiving to have the ability to access events and programs and camps like this, like just, just spitball, like off the top of your head. Why do you think it's so important for this? Well, okay. So I feel like a really good example is the leading workshop we were talking about in a couple of weeks okay. and Roan, who is very well known in the sport at Deland, And she was one of the organizers on project 19 and which side note was so cool. The fact like, her, having her there and having her at like my very first camp ever and like she came up and gave me this hug and we both cried a little bit like you know everyone was hugging and crying like after the last jump on the last day and she's just like I'm so proud of you like how far you've come and it's just like to have someone who was the organizer at my first event ever in 2019 and then there you know it, it was just surreal so <laughs> That was really cool. Um, and so anyway, she, I saw her last weekend and, or two weekends ago, and she was like, Hey, um, Dave was doing the leading workshop. He'd been wanting to do it a long time. He's has a thousand angle jumps, you know, all this stuff. And I'm newer to angle. Like I have probably 300 or so, but nothing crazy. I've been to a couple camps. I wouldn't say I'm like the best angle flyer. I'm pretty good on my back. Still working on my belly is my weak side. And so I don't feel comfortable leading at this mm -hmm. point. And anyway, he was doing the leading workshop and I saw Sharon and she was just like, Hey, I want to talk to you about like doing the leading workshop. And I was just like, Sharon, okay. It was like, yeah, I want to work on getting better at angles now that big ways are over, but, um, I have no business leading. And she was like, yeah, but it'll, it'll open up, you know, just so much more information that you should know about like who to trust, who has no business leading, like just mm -hmm. things. My point to this story is that she's like, I have a lady leading workshop coming up in a few weeks and two women who weren't even involved in project 19. They're like super on the angle track and loving it. And they're great, mm -hmm. great individuals. I've been to fly for life with one of them. And they had just reached out to her and said they wanted to put together a lady angle leading workshop. And Sharon's going to be running it. Normally they have either Luis Pernetto or Luis Adolfo running it with her. But she she's like, yeah, it's just really, I've really realized after Project 19 how important women's events are mm -hmm. on all scales. And a lot of us know about cis events, sisters in skydiving, but that's geared towards the hundred jump girl who's still kind of getting into it and mm -hmm. is figuring it all out. And a lot of the talk at Project 19 was like, there's not a lot of just women events for girl, women in higher experience levels learning in that environment. And so what I think it's so important is thinking back and forth on doing this leading workshop. I, I finally just told Dave, I was just like, I just feel so uncomfortable, but I'm like, but I guess if it's some girls I'm friends with and we're all learning and whatever, it kind of takes a little bit of that fear away and that like ego part. and. Mm -hmm. Again, I love jumping with the guys. There's just always a little more ego involved with yeah. men. There just is. And there's just not as much with women. And so it's a completely different atmosphere where you feel safe and you don't feel stupid when like, I'm going into this. I'm not going to feel stupid if I like, I'm asking questions that if I was with a bunch of dudes that have been to all kinds of fly for life camps and they're like, I don't know. It's just a completely different vibe. Like you're feeling judged or you're feeling like you're stupid or you're a dumb blonde or whatever. And, you know, guys are great, but guys can also really suck. And yeah. I just think <laughs> this is us bashing men all this entire yeah. episode. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but it's just like with women, like it's just a different vibe and it's just yeah. so much more inviting and, and that, 
you're not as intimidated about yeah. what you don't know. Cause you're trying to learn, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're actively trying to learn. You want to figure it out, but like, you know, it goes back to the also like it's exhausting getting hit on, not that like you're getting hit on in workshops <laughs> and stuff, but like at drop zones, you know, like you want to learn. And most of the organizers are men. Mm-hmm. And if you're female, like as much as you and again, I, I constantly have to say there's a lot of guys that aren't this way, but then for all the guys that are, there's all the guys that mm-hmm. are this way where they do kind of hit on you or they only want to coach you because of how you look or because you're a girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you're at a female event, you don't have to worry about that. You can just be like, I'm just learning and mm-hmm. I'm just getting better and I'm just taking advice and I'm just yeah. focused on my skydiving skills yeah. and what I'm trying to do. And it has nothing to do with anything else, but that. Yep. And There's so I don't know. That's yeah. you- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut out the rambling bits. No worries. Uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, I'm, I'm from a totally different perspective. I've never been to a big, big event like this, like where it's just strictly women. Like I've never, never been there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so, so what I'm about to say comes from a very different, like experience, you know, um, I hate feeling weak in front of men. Yeah. Like I hate it. I, I, as someone who has consistently been looked at throughout my entire skydiving career, as someone weak, or the predisposition is always, is she going to be able to do this? Is she going to be weak about it? Or is she going to be able to like man up, grow a pair and like fucking do the job she's being asked to do. Right. For you can pretty much apply that same like attitude pretty much everywhere. Like you said, it's not all men. It's not all people in the sport. Some, but the people who do display or, you know, say things like that, like they're the loudest in the bunch, you know? Um, and It is really cool being surrounded by people who don't have those same types of like predispositions about the situation. Like it's, it's cool going into, I imagine that it's very cool and very relaxing going into it. Not maybe not relaxing, just relaxing in a different way, I guess, you know, it's a little bit less intimidating going into an event where you will be supported and lifted up and encouraged instead of shot down and torn down and like, you know, worried about not being able to like even match, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and um, I also want to yeah, add, I also want to add to that just in like, I want to say there was a group of guys that were at P19 that were super supportive. And they will say, if you ask any of them, they're just like, wow, this was one of the most well-run events ever. This is how records should be run. There's a reason it was successful, you know, all of this. And even J Russ, he was running the bench and I saw a softer side to J Russ that week. <laughs> Everyone was just like, man, he's just like, this is a different vibe and I'm about it. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I recall to the people that I saw, like I saw that exactly what you're talking about online, I saw like Petter and I saw J Russ. I saw some things they posted online and like things they were involved in or tagged in uh, David Cherry. David Cherry was another one that popped up too as well. Like just being like an ally and being someone who is supportive of this endeavor and like recognizes why it's so important men. And they're, they're all people that have been in this for a very long time. This is not, these are not like brand new flyers. These are not people who don't have the experience. These are all people who have been around the block a couple of times in skydiving, who know what's up, who know how much intensity and how much focus and concentration and all the stuff that like these events require. So it is super cool seeing that that type of attitude and that um, that type of attitude come from people who are so well, like well known hailed for their their experience and their you know their skill set so like it's it's really cool to be uplifted by like the best in the business essentially you know yeah definitely um so i've also seen like we've talked a little bit about uh the big female voices in the sport being part of this you know i've seen things from like sharon harnoy i've seen also seen amy chimilecki and melanie curtis um sarah i've seen so many release the statements about the record but it is super important to hear from like the everyday woman who isn't necessarily like the most prominent figure in this sport. So it is really cool listening to you talk about, you know, how this stuff stuff affects you and, you know, how you get uplifted by these, by this stuff. We've talked a little bit about how there are more women that are pushing for women leaders, you know, and figureheads and skydiving. Like, do you have any intention of like 
going that route at all or? Um, no, I, I think that there's definitely a new generation of, of skydiving leaders coming up right now in, in women, right? So like Amy and Sarah and Mel and Sharon, I mean, they are awesome and they've been around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think they have a lot to give, of course, but there's definitely a number of with uh, a number of women that were at this event that are kind of the next wave. I feel like that are you're going to start seeing events from. As for me, I think that I could see myself getting involved. I I want to. I don't know exactly what that looks like right now. Um, I could see myself getting involved with like Jasmine Martina or Jasmine Kaler now. Mm-hmm. She uh she's become a really good friend of mine over the past few years and she's really been wanting to get into organizing and and that side of it and actively. And so she put on the Cali women's record, women's state record the last two years and is making it bigger. And um we were talking about different events and I know that she's wanted to kind of do the Wisconsin women's record. And we talked about putting that on together last year. And so I think if, if she wanted to do that again this year, next year, I'd probably try and be involved with her on that and maybe start in a way of co-organizing because she's like a little bit ahead of me Mm -hmm. in that regard, but also she's still kind of learning from other people as well. And I could learn from her. And so it's, it's cool to see that. And like I mentioned, Nell is kind of put out a big note to quite a few women that all of us have been organized now by a lot of, you know, by the top organizers in the country at a number of events. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know how it's run and what should be expected. And she's kind of putting out there, like, we all should step up and start taking those roles in, in a smaller way, you know, in your area and start organizing some events that, can start bringing up other skydivers. So I think, you know, I, I've kind of had a lot of transitions the past few months, even just since P19, I've started a new job. I'm kind of like in between places, you know, so life-wise, I, I'll see how that transpires, but I definitely could see myself in the next year or two really starting to move into a little bit of a leadership role on a smaller scale. Okay. I just think like, there's just so much we could do. And I think there's interest for it and they don't even have to be like that big, but just starting small and, and doing little events and, and that kind of a thing is mm-hmm. small and grow it. Right. It would be really cool to see like you and Lissy put down, put on like a four-way camp, like our four-way scrambles or something like that out here, you know, for skydiving purposes. It would be really cool to see you run like a small camp for women out here too, as well. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of a handful of women that are ready for something like that, like that have the the basic skill set, you know, um, that would be really cool to see in like the next couple of years. You guys, yeah, not saying I, like, I'm going to shove you into it, but it would be really cool. That would be something fun to even do this summer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give you your, it would, it would be small enough too, where you could do it, uh, and get your feet wet, you know, and you wouldn't have to be too worried about like making a few like mistakes or along the way, you know, or fumbling, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be a great event too. Forward, you just like, it's such a good skill. And I mean, that's kind of, that's what I would say. I attribute a lot of my big way success to as well is how much four way I've flown in the past few years, because every organizer says like, if you fly four way, that's the best training you can do for big ways. If you're not going to a big way camp, cause there's mm-hmm. so few in chain because you're constantly getting hit and kicked and punched yeah. and flying through it. <laughs> can you actually, um, I know we talked about this in your first episode, but it's been a little while. So for anybody that listened or is listening back to back, just, can you, can you talk about and elaborate, you know, about what kind of things you guys can women, other women could be doing to prep or even men for that matter, like what we could be doing, uh, to prep for an event like this or prep for, you know, like this type of journey. Yeah. So prep for like a four-way scramble event or for like, um, for like the big way for free flying big ways for free flying, um, four way, two way, you know, competition purposes, like whatever, like anything that you guys could be doing to prep for this, to make it better and easier and more accessible. Yeah. So I, I think, um, kind of like what I said with the, um, for big way, there's, 
it's it's not always easy to get to a big way event. Granted, you know, you you want to do one or two if if you're going for a big way goal, but um that's not always available. And so four way, I think is the best. I I don't even think I know because I've had world-class organizers tell me this, that it is the best training you can do for really any kind of skydive, I think. Not only just big way, but like I love sequentials, like six, eight, 10, 12 way. We're actually going to a, a sequential event this weekend that um, a guy in Florida is putting on at DeLand. And I think he's going for like 12 or 14 way sequentials. So head up, head down, like mixed formation type stuff. And that's what's so fun because I think I love four ways so much. And I've been on the big way train for so long now that it's just blends them together mm-hmm. where you're having more people than four, but you're doing a lot of different movements you do in four way. Mm-hmm. And I think four way in the tunnel or even before I was doing four way, I was just doing two way VFS. And um, Dave actually created a a website where you can you can generate draws based on your skill level for two way VFS, two way MFS, or four way VFS. It's um, was it MSPVFS.com? I think MSPVFS.com. Yes, I believe. Okay. Really, that's what it is. I'll double check as I'm talking, but, um, and that we use that all the time and we, we try and tell people like, Hey, use this. Yeah. MSPVFS.com. Yep. So try and tell people like, use this because you can input, um, okay, I'm doing two way and we're doing, um, you go to the draw generator and it's like, all right, are you doing USPA outdoor rules or you're doing USIS indoor rules? And then like for four way, uh, VFS, if you're doing indoor, you can pick your class. So if you're doing mm-hmm. open or advanced or intermediate or whatever level you're at, and then you can specialize it on there. So that's really helpful as you're learning to utilize that because Dave and I, I mean, if we go to the drop zone and it's only us two and we're like, all right, well, let's do an MFS draw. And we're not good because we haven't trained it mm-hmm. at all, but then you're, you're, focusing on those skills. So once again, we're doing a skydive that's intentional, that's honing some type of skill that we don't use all the time. And that only helps us when it comes to every other skydive, especially VFS when you're doing, or MFS when you're doing back and belly and head down and head up and all the speed changes and and everything involved in that. So, and then in the tunnel, I mean, two-way VFS and four-way VFS. And then uh, the more you do that, maybe you have an odd person one week and you only have three there's so many good drills you can do with three people that you just mm-hmm. modify the four way and, and that's going to help people get better too. And then you bring that to the sky and the skydiving and when skydiving season starts mm-hmm. and you work on all those skills in the sky as well. And uh, one drill I did that really helped me when I was working on big way stuff. And I had a couple of friends that were working on head down. I wanted to get better at diving because it, it's just harder um, on linked diving compared to floating. And it's funny, I ended up being a diver on all the world record jumps because it's harder to dive and not as many women wanted to dive or could could do it and be last diver and get there. And in mm-hmm. all my situations, when I got put on the hundred way, I was one of the last divers. The sky, like the, on the, on the Saturday, I was the last diver. And then the <laughs> one third I did. I was like second to last out of an otter. So I ended up um, really glad I worked on that skill. And how did I start doing it? I had two friends that were working on head down and instead of launching a flower, or whatever they were, they were capable of launching a head down exit. So I, I was just like, Hey, you guys launched the two way and I'm going to chase out after you. And so even in that situation where you have some people working on head down, but they, they need the skills. And I'm like, okay, I can launch a head down exit, but like, you guys should probably work on that. I want to work on this. And it's like, you have different skill levels and everyone's working on stuff that's making them better on a yeah. skydive. Like, so one example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Talk about, um, can you tell me about how important networking is for stuff like this to like, make it more accessible, like networking. Let me see if I can be more specific. Uh, how, like how, 
how can I network better as someone who is from a smaller drop zone and does not have any as many resources to reach out or even not even resources, but like the know-how <laughs> or the wherewithal to know who to contact, that kind of stuff. Like how do I get better at networking so that my name is at least somewhere in, you know, the big rock stars, like, you know, brains so that I can at least be recognized. You know what I mean? So how do I, how do I network better? So I would, I would say, you know, Facebook is where everyone is for, for skydivers and, and you can get involved in discussions and stuff like that. But, um, the, the tough part with that is really going to events and it doesn't always have to be a camp, like going to Summerfest or a boogie or whatever. Um, because even if I add someone on Facebook or whatever, and, and you kind of keep that discussion going, I've had plenty of times where you show up and, and that organizer is like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And there's like no idea who you are. So yep. it's like, if you, if you're at an event, if you can make a skydive with that skydiver or whoever, even just like a fun two or three way. Um, I think my first few times jumping with Steph Strange was, I don't remember what it was at, but it was just some small ways. And she, I got to know her a little bit. And then throughout events, you know, I got to know her better and better and better and building that relationship. But it is a bit hard if you're not, if you're not out there at some stuff, um, just because they meet so many people and especially on like Facebook and and Mm -hmm. whatever, if they don't have that that impression in person it's it's a little bit tough I think um not impossible but but then also if you want to go to an event or whatever um that they don't know you then when I was first starting off I like Chazzy had jumped with me so I reached out and an event I did I was like oh I've jumped with Chazzy like you can check with her that I'm like safe and good whatever or you know Sharon you've jumped with Sharon quite a bit like Mm -hmm. she's a really good resource and would be more than happy to vouch for you if it's like hey like I'd like to go to this Um, can can you and so it's kind of like using even if you have a few connections using those to get more connections yeah I get it um I mean like the only reason I bring it up is because in the past I'm not saying this particular event project 19 might I don't know if this was how this was um but in the past I've heard things about how records and big groups like this can be a little bit political you know and it doesn't sound like this one was mm-hmm. like that um but I've heard about how sometimes knowing people can definitely help you at least get recognized you know or I'm not saying that like knowing people is how you do it, you know, or how you get on that record, but it definitely helps, you know, at least be considered for different slots. Um, They're always, they're always going to, you know, lean towards someone they know, you know, versus someone who has completely come out of left field and has never been affiliated with any of them, you know? So it's, um, it seems like it, it kind of goes, both ways like yes your skill set is absolutely important you need to be good you need to be capable you need to be perfect but as an outsider looking in it also seems a little bit like um the more people you know the better chance you have at being recognized by the people um or uh, it, it had how do i want to say this it makes it easier to be recognized by the people that matter in the, in the Mm -hmm. organization side of things. And, you know, like the, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I'd agree. I, I looked at, you know, P19, I was like, okay, well, I don't really, Amy and Sarah don't really know me. Mm -hmm. Right. But Steph and J Russ really know me because I've Mm -hmm. been on, I was on the Florida record with them last year and I've been to a lot of their events. And so, you know, it's, and that's kind of the East coast, West coast thing. That's a pretty big discussion in big ways where, there, the country really is split and I never quite realized <laughs> it on such a level as there's the, the Arizona Cali crew and they kind of have like different ways of doing things. And then there's like the Chicago and Florida are kind of together. Like it's the Chicago, Florida, East coast crew. And I've jumped a lot more at Chicago and Florida. So the organizers from that part of the country 
they have to vouch for me. So, I mean, I imagine that even just in my P19 experience, the organizers that, I mean, cause then you also have the European ones coming in like Domi and Anna, like I don't know mm-hmm. them at all. So I'm sort of like, okay, well, Steph, Sharon and Jay Russ are kind of like my organizer people that are in the mix that if they see me performing, they're going to be the ones that are like, Hey, Jen can do it. She's doing it. We've been on records for the, whatever. Um, so I think you do want that. I'm not obviously in the organizer room, so I don't exactly know what actually happens. Um, but I, I definitely think it's, it's a part of, you know, you want at least some of the organizers to, to know how you fly and are familiar with how you fly from previous events, which in this experience, I mean, being able to be current enough and even have the skills to do it and be current enough to be on the record, like most people were at quite a few events leading up to it. So that wasn't really an issue because the organizers had jumped with whoever. And then, you know, they had their sectors. So they're kind of like familiar with these people and how people are slotted mm. in that kind of thing. Okay. Um, like there's no, it's, it's not surprising that I, where I ended up being slotted on Saturday is pretty Florida crew. You know, it was the E-pod, but it was like they, and they, they did that on purpose. Cause if you're flying with and docking with people on that, that you're comfortable with and you've jumped with a bunch before they asked you that on the questionnaire, like who have you flown with? Who have you docked with? Whatever. And I mean, I had like Kate Armstrong, Jen Freyer, Mel Curtis right there. And then Ella was first singer and then I was first singer and Mel Johnson was singing on me. And it's just like, I jump with all of them all the time um, in the winter and I've jumped with them a bunch. They're all good friends of mine outside of it. So it wasn't surprising when you get kind of slotted in, in a, in a spot like that. And you're just, you know, makes sense because everybody Mm -hmm. knows each other and it's easier to fly that way. I mean, the general world record did that too. You have chemtrails was a pod all flying together you know and you have people that are used to each other makes it a little more successful but um but yeah it definitely helps definitely helps the network it's only going to work in your favor if mm-hmm. you can have even one person that knows how you fly that can vouch for you yeah even just one yeah you know? so we've touched on this before in other your other uh episode your part one episode um so we touched on this in part one, but uh, remind me again. So now that everything is finished, well, not finished, but now that every like that that chapter is a little bit is closed, and you guys are opening the next chapter, and you're you're thinking about new, you know, new events to go to, new camps, that kind of stuff. You know, looking at the next couple of years, what do you have planned for yourself moving forward in terms of like goals that you want to attack, goals that you want to like tackle, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I want to work just more on, I mean, sequential stuff uh, is more of the fun, fun side of it. I don't know if that's going to be like a, a goal, like get super good, but they're just so fun to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So sequential events are on the horizon and then getting a little bit more into angle and body flight in the tunnels. So I'm going to Poland in March and doing some tunnel time over there. I was like, when I've been wanting to do it for a while and I was like, I can't afford it until big ways are done. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm like, okay. I <laughs> are you and so, Dave going to do that or is that just you? Yeah, we're both going the end of March. Um, we're going to do five hours each. So I'm like, ah, really excited. It's a lot. Um, wow. So, okay. Yeah. That's like, well, there was a Christmas special. So, <laughs> mm, okay. So yeah, it's kind of the next um, goal is just getting better at body flight. And then we're, our four-way team, me, Dave, Zach, and Lissy are going to indoor nationals in February at Paraclete. So we've been wanting to do a comp for like the last two years and we finally found one that works for all our schedules. So super excited for doing a an actual four-way BFS competition. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. You guys are going to crush it. It's going to be great. Thanks. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm going to be texting you and Lissy on a regular basis those days and be like, what What happened? Where are you? Where are you in the rank? Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm so excited. Thanks. <laughs> you guys are going to do it. You guys are going to kill it. It's going to be great. Um, 
Cool. That's awesome. Like those are, those seem like super fantastic goals. That's awesome. Good luck. Best of luck to you with that. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're going to nail it. I mean, anybody that knows you knows you're going to nail it. So it's not a matter of if it's a matter of what. You never know though. (laughs) SDC core might show up and then it's, you know, competing for second, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Let's not think about it like that. We're not going to think think about it. it. We're just going to do our best. We're not going to manifest that. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to manifest other things. I just have to say, like, we're going to get all gross and sappy and sentimental here. You ready? Ready for this? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It has been really, really cool watching you flourish. And I've talked about this with like Lissy and talked about it with Megan and some of the other women, um, you know, that are that are up here that are in our our kind of main friend group up here. Like it is really cool seeing someone like you who went to one of these events just on a whim, just be like, yeah, it could be cool. Right. Like whatever. Right. And then suddenly now you're you're at you're at this whole new level. Um, none of us have ever been there. You know, it's really cool watching you flourish and like for lack of a better word, blossom into uh, this super strong female figurehead in our area. Like, Thanks, Sam. That's really sweet. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's about as sappy as I'm going to get, though. So, yeah, I was like, I never knew. I never see your sappy side. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rein that in. <laughs> but it's true. I just uh, I think it's important to say that in 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 to follow in the same vein of what we've been talking about this whole episode about up- uplifting people and recognizing people for their talents, spe- specifically women, you know, and making sure they feel welcome and included and all this stuff. Like it's important to say those types of things to people who are, you know, who, you know, it's important to like uplift them. It's important to encourage them and make them feel seen, you know, in the, in that respect. And for what it's worth, I don't know if it's really worth anything coming from me, but uh, for what it's worth, like it is pretty awesome. And it, and it is very inspiring and very um exciting to see you to see you uh on this journey and you know complete all all of your goals like it's very cool thanks sam that's that's awesome i really appreciate it and this is cool like you came to i camp with me a few years ago and i was last diver because like i assumed i didn't even think jobs. about I'm that like, i don't know how to get to the formation i don't know how to get there like not even on the skydive for the first four jumps. Oh my God. That was so, that is such a cool beginning and end to this. Like you, you had such a, oh man, you were the first diver or the last diver out at your very, very first big way camp event. And at the world record, Mm -hmm. you were the last diver out. (laughs) That is such a cool pair. Oh my God. Full circle. Full circle, man. (laughs) That is so cool. Level full circle moment. (laughs) That being said, thank you so much for taking more of your time out of your day to come on my little podcast, Fall Risk. I really appreciate it. I love you. Thank you so much for donating your time for this. It's very much appreciated. Yes. Thanks, Sam. I love you too. Thanks for having me back for part two. It's always a pleasure jumping on your podcast. It's fun seeing all the different people come on and listening. So, Oh, I love to be a part of it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. Um, yeah. That being said, I'm going to add one little last note here before we before we uh, shut down for this. We need to get the band back together in terms of our female four way group. At some point, some point in, in life, whenever Megan is ready, <laughs> we should really uh, tackle that four way that four way group that we uh, trained with for so long. Um, do you want to Do you want to tell people what our name was, or should I? <laughs> Think it's so good. We were just waiting for we Megan. Sync. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for Megan. Really, the other, the rest of us are ready. Like we're ready to go. We're just waiting on Megan. So Megan, get your shit together if you're listening. Like, come on. Yep. <laughs> we're waiting for you, girl. <laughs> um, we're not going to elaborate on why <laughs> why we're called in sync, but if you know, you know. Joke. joke. We'll tell you. We're not going to broadcast it here, but. You know, you know, you know, (laughs) you know, you know. All right. (laughs) All right. So we're going to end it on that note. Thank you so much again, Jen. Uh, Everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Hope you uh, tune into the next episode. It'll be dropping shortly. Be safe. 
blue skies. Have a good night. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you.